pop that Sudafed <clears throat> and clear your throat. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Yep, baby, yeah! It's the Woodworking Morning Show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. We're going to talk about woodworking today. Yeah. Drink some coffee. Drink some coffee. We're going to thank some people who helped us out. Um, we may repeat names because the YouTube yeah. thing isn't totally clear to us at this well, point. And I think sometimes when you like upgrade and... Yeah, you're moving around. That. Yeah, you change yeah, your numbers. We want to say thank you anyway. If we thank you twice, then uh, that's just a bonus thank you. So, Stuart Whitchurch, Seth Downs, uh, Schmulik Edry... Unclaimed Soup mm. and Michael Lusk. I know both of those last names. Yes. <laughs> or yes. last names. <laughs> last people. Last peoples. So good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm How was even, your week? I'm not even in the chat room yet. Get in there. I'm getting in. It's one of those days we slept, I slept a little bit late. Yeah. When Nicole is out of bed and dressed and I'm still laying in bed, then, uh, that's, not a, that's not a common occurrence so in our uh, household. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't happen very I often. I woke up and I was like, maybe I have time to go get coffee. <clears throat> Yeah, you did. I was like razor thin, uh, almost late to yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, it is freezing today. Uh, who said that? Joel Wise. I had to run outside because it was like I had no idea that we had this much of a cold snap. Mm -hmm. So the irrigation system that you're normally supposed to like drain and blow out, I did not do that. So Oops. let's and hope I don't have any damage. It was freezing rain. So I woke up to thinking, hey, I can just run and go get coffee. <clears throat> Uh, then I spent like 15 minutes clearing off the ice because yeah. we don't actually park in our garage. No, we don't. <clears throat> Why There's would we tools. do that? <clears throat> tools parked in this garage. <laughs> so uh, real quick, we want to mention the t-shirts, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. T-shirts are still available for pre-order at twwstore.com. Uh, so go check those out. And you Until know what? October 31st is yeah. when you can order those. So you still got a little bit of time. And while you're there, go check out The Taper Maker. Oh, The Taper Maker. The video is going to come out as soon as I'm done here. I'm going to publish the video that shows you how it works, uh, some of the details of how it goes together. But you can build your own. And we have plans and a hardware kit available. I'm going to show you that right now. <laughs> okay. So. Nice little you probably emoji. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> you might have seen this in a video uh, recently. We actually did use it. So it's a, it's a tapering jig. Oh. And uh, this is what I say in the video, Nicole. I say, look, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of tapering jigs out yeah. there on the market. Yep. This is one of them. Okay? There you go. <laughs> so this was uh, designed mostly, I'll say co-designed, and that's being generous to myself. Uh, this, this was co-designed with Andy Klein, uh, coming up with a way to accommodate lots of different work pieces, one simple clamping solution, so you're not dealing with three different things at once. Uh, we have this yoke system that's spring-loaded that allows these hold downs to grip depending on what size your workpiece is. So my video will show the basics of how this works. Andy has a video that's also up today. We'll link to that as well. Uh, that will show you some more exotic things that you could do with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of them you might not want to do in front of children. <gasps> Showbot is working again. Oh, is it? Yep. Wonderful. Yay. So Thanks, this, is, uh, this is what we're calling the taper maker. And you can get the plans and the hardware kit at twwstore.com. Uh, what you need to make it is some half-inch ply 
and some solid stock that's milled, uh, you're going to want to get that milled to a little bit over three-eighths of an inch. So you probably will want a planer for this project. The hardware kit comes with a set of pre-printed um, patterns that you could use to make the various components, so you don't even have to print those off. And then the hardware kit inside here, check this out, comes with all the weird hardware you're going to need to get this done. Uh, it, you know, this is stuff you probably could source, but we actually had trouble sourcing um, dependably all these pieces of hardware. So this is why we decided to switch over to a hardware kit in hopes that we would uh, solve that problem for you. And guess what? The whole thing, I think, is pretty flippin' cheap. The whole thing is 30 bucks. Nice. Right, so when you get that, you'll get all the digital plans, you'll get the hardware kit shipped to you, and you'll get access to a, it's about a 20 minute assembly video showing how to do this construction, uh, as well as a step-by-step, -step, every step of the, the process that coincides perfectly with that video. So um, you get a little bit of extra content with I with so that badly, well. whenever you say step-by-step, -step, want to sing the New Kids on the Block step song. Step-by-step. <laughs> and I go like, Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, the Taper Maker. Go check it out, twwstore.com. You want to do some oh, questions? Yeah, I have lots and lots and lots of questions. Oh, do you? I have a few. And if you're Patreon. in the chat room, uh, you can throw a question in, and I will grab it and put it to the side and uh, ask throughout the show. And in fact, Joseph Mensch just did a super chat. Oh, Joseph, and thank said, you. Just a shout out to the Guild Facebook group. It's a gem. Yes, it is. Joseph, you're a gem. Indeed. And yes, Joseph is a gem. <laughs> he is a Quite gem. the gem. Yeah, that Facebook group is pretty awesome. Uh, Adrian wants the link to the jig. I just said that. TWWstore.com. It'll actually be, I think, on the top left of the page. It's the first entry on the store page. Hey, we had an yeah. anniversary. <clears throat> We're, we've been married for 17 years. Does it feel like Feels a day, like 30. day over 30, Nicole? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't share my anniversary gift with everyone. What do you mean? Like, it was really funny. Oh, look. <laughs> I was going to save this for the after show. Oh, okay. But I don't know if people, do you guys want to see a Seinfeld, a two minute Seinfeld reference? We'll, we'll do it in the after Would show. Would that make you yeah, happy? It's the, it needs to be woodworking. That's I'm sorry. The thing. I, I didn't realize you were saving it. You so. ruined my surprise, oh, yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> we'll do it in the after show. I have it ready. All right. We'll get to woodworking. Well, here's now. the problem is a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, I want to see it. Jay Peterman. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> uh, Mike Danino De De says, sorry. Never Facebooker here. Yeah, That's there's fine. a lot of people, but um, I mean, I get it. I totally understand. Facebook sucks. But in the case of the Facebook group, it's kind of, I, I hate to say it and put it in these terms, it's your loss. Um, <laughs> you can make an anonymous account and still participate in that group, which is what a lot of people choose to do because no one well, likes Facebook, yeah, right? Uh, but the group is well worth it if you can find your way to anonymizing your presence there. It's See? like you would sign up for a forum, kind of. Yeah. But only do that one thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ask a question. Ho uh, Yoso. Yoso. Yes. Hold on. Okay. What Yoso says, doing? how parallel are your miter station T-tracks on the fence of the saw, the miter saw? Um, I'm guessing that they are not. Then the measuring tape measurements might not be accurate, but not sure how much that would affect things. Well, in reality, I don't use them. I bought the T-tracks that have the measuring tape there, and I did that because I know other people are probably going to want some kind of measuring tape. I just don't use them. Um, anytime, the things, and especially on that side of my shop, things move. And I don't mean just like, you know, ghosts. I mean my floor, the ground <laughs> moves. So I'm often re-leveling my cabinets and making sure that my saw table is even with the, um, or close to even with the tabletops. Um, so I don't count on those 
uh, number strips doing anything for me. So it's not a factor for me. Um, I do think if you are really getting picky about it and you want those to be super accurate, you probably do want to maintain some level of parallelism to a degree. Um, but in the end, that type of setup is tough to keep accurate. So I think most of the time, you really just want to count on those numbers being roughly, uh, you know, where they're supposed to be. And then if you really need something to be perfect, you're probably going to want to grab that tape measure and line everything up. <clears throat> uh, let's see. I just want to make sure we don't uh, annoy anyone by mentioning the Seinfeld thing and then not playing it. Well, you dig? Craig just gave us a super chat and said he wants to see the gift. <laughs> okay. Well, here it is. Guys, I'm sorry if you don't like Seinfeld. This is a, it's long because it's a, like a build up to a, a fun joke, and it involves Jay Peterman from the Seinfeld, Seinfeld uh, series. This is from a service called Cameo. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't realize you were doing. That. Hello there, Mark. Jay Peterman here. Nicole asked me to help celebrate now 17 years of marriage, and I would understand that to be. 17 consecutive years of marriage. <laughs> well, my friend, I hope you have, and the two of you have a time to look over your shoulders and realize how much love you have engendered together over that past 17 years. But because you are such a fan of woodworking, and boy, I certainly understand that, and how difficult that is to turn it into a career. Oh, my friend, I know that well, because I just returned from Papua New Guinea there with the little naked natives of Bantu Besh. <laughs> oh, yes. And they were there to teach me the gentle art of bikini waxing. Oh, yes. Fulfilling a dream that my father once had for me, he said, Peterman, always have something you can do with your hands. And your heart. And in addition to that, they also presented me with the possibilities of negotiating a small poison dart through a bamboo tube because they are gifted at the art of the blowgun. <laughs> Unfortunately, initiated in me an instinctive impulse to inhale. I ended up shishkabobbing my uvula. Yes, as the poison was released through my body. I ended up curling into a little fetal ball, screaming, Mommy, make it stop. But fortunately, the shaman of the tribe knew what to do. He concocted an antitoxin tea made from the Watuki ganja nut. And I was back to myself within 20 minutes. But that's beside the point. I hope you have a wonderful time. God bless you on this anniversary. Look over your shoulder. See the example that you've become for all the people that you love. God bless you both. Farewell, and in the words of Jay Peterman, careful. So yeah, that was <laughs> that was awesome. I ended up shishkebobbing my uvula. That guy is fantastic. I've seen some of those where they just phone it in, like the Snoop Dogg ones. Oh my God, that's a thousand dollars just for Snoop Dogg to be like, "What's up?" He says like a sentence. This guy had a script. Like, it was fantastic. Yes. So thank you, John O'Hurley. Is O'Hurley? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, Nicole, for my wonderful anniversary <laughs> gift. And I hope you enjoyed my reciprocation of the anniversary <laughs> gift being a sandwich. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> a delicious sandwich yes. from Einstein Bagels. I was like, yay. <laughs> and flowers. You got me flowers. I did. I got you and flowers a and a card and yeah, coffee was, and, a, and your favorite sandwich. Nice. Yeah, so the show title, obviously, is going to be Shish Kebabing My Uvula. Okay, let's uh, do some woodworking, oh, shall we? that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ryan Murray has a walnut tree, says it's drying flat in a slab in a barn. 
uh, in slab form in a barn. When they're dry enough to use, I plan on bringing some home for lumber. Do I need to keep uh, them perfectly flat? I don't have a space in my small dwelling to lay them on stickers. All my lumber is stored vertically. How much warping do you think might happen if I store them upright? I've never used air-dried lumber. Um, roughly six quarter, 15 to 20 inches by uh, 100 to 110 inches. Shop is unfinished basement, so it's mostly climate control. Well, I store all of my solid lumber uh, vertically. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. If you have a lot of, you know, it, it's mostly vertical, right? So you're just going to tilt it a little bit so it stands up safely. Uh, and you have multiple boards in line. It's really just not that much of an issue for me. Even with air-dried lumber, I don't see that being a problem. If it's if it's dried and you're confident it's near working, you know, moisture content, I have no problem storing them that way. And you're also talking about boards that are really long. You've got big, good-sized boards there. If there is, let's say, hypothetically, there actually is some bowing that occurs. It will be minor. And minor enough that on a 100-inch or 110-inch long board, when you start cutting that up for project parts, it's insignificant, the amount of um, you know movement that you might see there. So for me personally, I would absolutely stack those suckers vertically once they're dried. I don't see any problems with that. <laughs> Just my opinion. You might find uh, differing opinions on that, but I'm okay with it. Uh, all right. Got a super chat here from Tom. Lesserf. Speaking of anniversaries, my wife Stephanie and I are celebrating our 11th on on Vancouver Island wow. at the Kingfisher Resort, and she's loving enough to let me wa- watch you guys this morning. Oh, that's I'll so let her nice. know I love her. Aw, Tom. Well, congratulations Happy to you. Happy anniversary, Tom and you Stephanie. You crazy kids. <laughs> uh, Lucas says, I'm lucky enough to be building a decent sized shop right now and I have space for a room dedicated for spraying. Lucky you. Maybe with your refinishing experience and all the wonderful knowledge you possess, do you have recommendations for exhausting? Uh, probably nothing like a professional setup might have, but maybe a step up from the box fan in a window. Biggest concern is the space will be heated, possibly even conditioned. So a large exhaust fan seems costly to run. Any thoughts? Well, I don't really know what else you could do. Uh, when it comes to a dedicated spray room, you need two things. You need air to go out and air to come in, clean air to come in. Usually that clean air comes from somewhere else in the space. And if it's a enclosed building, then it's coming from the rest of the building. And then wherever you have air fil- infiltration from doorways and things like that, that's where the clean air is coming from. <clears throat> so this is just the problem that you run into. Uh, in my shop in Arizona, I did put an exhaust fan in there. And yeah, it pulls the cool air out. And then I had to replace that cool air. So you you would, you know, it's one of those things where you try to keep it to an absolute minimum. Um, But that is what you need to do. Unless you find some other way to draw in, like isolate the spray booth area, the spray room, isolate that from the rest of the building and then have some kind of clean air intake coming in specifically just for that room. Um, That gets a little bit more complex in the construction but you need fresh air. So, you know, it's either going to come from the conditioned air or it's got to come from outside. Uh, And definitely get yourself an explosion-proof fan, assuming you're going to be doing all kinds of different finishes. Uh, You get a good quality fan, put some filter medium in front of it, and that's actually good enough, I think, for the average single-person shop. Uh, Big-time spray booths are a whole thing. It's a wall of filter medium and a a big, big, big fan, right? There's a lot to it. Um, But I think you can get away with a lot less, but still invest in a good quality exhaust fan that is explosion proof so you don't have any issues there. Explosion? Yeah. Explosion. Hey, I got two router questions. Um, This one's from uh, John. 
uh, I never pronounced names right, so I'm sorry, John. I'm just going to call you John D. Uh, he just got a new router table and a lift. Uh, are the circle inserts of different sizes a necessity? Uh, what is the purpose of those inserts? Well, they close up the gap. So when you're doing work pieces and you've got a big gap between your bit and the outside of that ring, that's an opportunity for your workpiece to kind of dip down and catch. So you will find at some point, you know, you'll be running a piece across and just maybe the piece has a little bow in it. It's going to catch on the other end and now in the middle of routing, you're stuck. So it's a zero clearance sort of thing. It keeps the, um, you know, keeps the bit kind of contained and the workpiece fully supported as it goes around the bit. That's why we do it. And if you have, um, you know, dust collection on there, you know, sometimes that limits the dust collection if you have dust collection from underneath. So uh, some companies like my Incra uh, have airflow ones that actually have slots around them. So you still get the support, but you also get the dust collection on top of that. Um, but I highly recommend you do that, especially if you go, you know, start to work on smaller work pieces, then it becomes even more dicey if you've got just a big gap around that bit. I got another question here from uh, Brian wall rich mm -hmm. how can you safely extend a router bit from the collet collet mm -hmm. uh, collet how much of the router shaft needs to be in the collet a good amount a good amount <laughs> this is not something look someone who maybe has you know 40 years of experience in the industry knows the exact number or the percentage of the bits shaft that needs to be inserted into said collet i don't know that number i just know my gut feeling tells me like if you go anything less than maybe a third of the bit length, that's when I start getting uncomfortable, right? The most I will do is like if you take a standard quarter inch bit and I don't know what the length would be, but let's say you just take that last third and you get that fully seated into the collet, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Any less than that, then I start to feel like that bit is just kind of wangling and dangling in the air. Wangling. Wangling and dangling. Wango dango. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't recommend going much less than that, but there, there might be an actual like manufacturer recommendation for things like this or just a rule of thumb that people know. I don't know the rule of thumb. I could just tell you from my experience. Hey, I like, <clears throat> Stephen doesn't really have a question. It's more like a comment. So Stephen McMenon says, I'm an okay woodworker and I can build most things, but I want to branch out and have knowledge of why. So people that kind of get started in the hobby kind of learn certain things. Knowledge of why what? Like why he's doing certain things. Probably more of the technique and like foundations of woodworking. Like where would you, somebody that got into it through like a hobby or just by accident trade or something like mm -hmm. that, but wasn't actually formally taught. Yeah. Kind of like you. <laughs> what did you, you went back and you took classes and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I think sometimes just uh, learning from the old school people, mm -hmm. the Tay Frids. You know, you go back to David Marks, right? Mm -hmm. David Marks, his knowledge then goes back to people like Krenov, mm -hmm. you know? So you can, I think it, it becomes a lot more well-rounded of a knowledge base if you keep digging back. Dig back yeah. as far as you can to find the, the roots Green of this brothers. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at Green and Green. Uh, once brothers. you start to do that, then you then you have a different perspective on when you see all these great new ideas on YouTube <laughs> and you go, wow, that's not actually a new idea at all. No. Uh, and I think what happens is because this new medium came about in like 2006, right? Suddenly video started to come out there. Uh, that shift in a knowledge base is significantly kind of chewing away at the history because everything that came before that doesn't necessarily make it into this new mm -hmm. format, right? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, think of it like movies, right? Every movie that's ever been on VHS or DVD, mm-hmm. um, imagine if they never made the jump to Blu-ray, right? right? And everybody's on Blu-ray or digital download, but those old pieces of media, they never make it there. So that knowledge or those movies could eventually be lost. Well, and there, <clears throat> speaking of film, there's some that are on like old rolled films and that's the only copy there it is. Could, yeah, yeah. And that deteriorates over time. Well, and when you look at someone like Tay Frid, you right. know, that's the guy who essentially literally wrote the book on woodworking how do you get his knowledge into a video you don't it's too late it doesn't happen anymore but a lot of us are exercising techniques and knowledge that actually came back to him but instead you know in the youtube world we're crediting the first person who did it on youtube so you did a that's why i invented the cutting board You did a video back in 2017, YouTube versus books, and you actually go through a lot of great books. Which is also on the Barbecue Channel now. Yeah, it is on the Barbecue <laughs> Channel. <laughs> mm. So, Stephen, I'm going to put the link to um, Mark's video um, referencing a lot of these books that Mark's talking about. So. And I'm an example of this, too. Uh, if you are new to woodworking, and maybe your start to woodworking is my book, Essential Joinery, mm-hmm. or my other book, Hybrid Woodworking, both available at TWWStore.com. If, <laughs> there you go, Mom. Hopefully you'll get an order. <laughs> if, uh, if that is your introduction to woodworking, then you, maybe inadvertently, and because why, why would you do anything else, you might credit me with certain ideas. But not a single idea in those books is new. Or is something that I invented, right? It's all stuff that I learned from other people, other greats in the in the industry. Um, but I, I just think it's important for us to not lose that okay. history, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know if that even addresses no, I, what he was saying. He didn't even ask a question. No, it clearly inspired something in, in your head. Yeah, because I think it's 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 a topic that is a good. Yeah. It's a good topic. Nightbot or uh, yeah, Nightbot Showbot seems like it's having Preston some trouble. Preston is in the in chat for us, and he's working on it. Error twenty seven. <laughs> Does not compute, cannot spell uvula. Okay. You got uh, another question from? I got one from Kim here. Kim. Kim Erickson says, random question from Down Under. Do you think Tasmanian blackwood has similar qualities to walnut? Struggling with timber selection as your normal, re- your normal is really exotic down here. Cheers. I've never used it, Kim, but I looked it up and that looks like some good stuff. Mm. I'd love to get me some Tasmanian blackwood in my, my hands. So I don't know anything about it. But I know it is a beautiful wood. It looks certainly doesn't look like walnut. I mean, it's brownish. Uh, but I think there's a lot of variation from what I've seen from board to board. And you're going to get a lot of reds and browns and blacks and beautiful highlights. So um, whether it's going to work the same, I don't know at all. Um, but if you can get your hands on it, it looks like a good wood to use. Um, it looks absolutely beautiful. Tony Tang. Tony Tang. I have to glue up two three-quarter inch pieces of stock made of beach. To make a leg where the end grain is visible at the top, have any suggestions for making the end grain look like it's not laminated? Yeah, I've done this in a couple of videos, and it's probably hidden within a project. Um, so I don't know even which ones to recommend. They might be guild videos, but this is something that's better to sh- you know easier to show than to explain. But it's a matter of uh, aligning the grain, right? So you have the outside faces that you need to be concerned about, and then that end grain. And it sounds like you might be a little bit more concerned about the end grain. So look at the end grain. 
A lot of times there are ways that you could take those two boards, shift them around, flip them, move them around so that the grain looks like it's continuous straight through that joint. Ignore the glue line and try to imagine the grain running through it. So this can be kind of tricky if the pieces just are kind of, you got them from a bunch of different boards, the grain's all different directions. Uh, you just do the best you can. Um, but if you can get the grain to align really nicely, it can sometimes, you know, really well disguise that glue joint. It's never going to be perfect, but you can stack the cards in your favor. <laughs> I got a, a nice super chat here from Chet Klaus. He said, happy anniversary. Your great relationship is the best gift you can give your kids. Aww. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. You're modeling behavior for them, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that F word this morning. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, Matthew Lee. Man, we are, uh, we got a lot of Australians. Yeah, we do. In the house today. Uh, Matthew Lee says. Australia in the house. He's from Perth, Western Australia. Man, we got to get to Australia mm-hmm. one time. I really want to go there. I'm just, you know what's there's stopping me? Like, there's nothing like a continent that just wants to kill you. That's <laughs> that, what I always and say. And that 24 hour flight. Like with <laughs> a 24 hour flight and a bunch of creepy crawly and scary things that want you to die. <laughs> That's Australia. Okay, my question is about when you go with quick and dirty instead of doing it properly. The context is uh, finishing making a router table and the next step is making the fence. However, I'm having a lot of fun building a box right now. The router fence just got put aside for a bit. Unfortunately, I need that fence for a bit of trim for the box lid. I could clamp a straight edge or a straight piece of wood with a half hole in it as a temporary fence to get it done. But of course, that's just unnecessary work in the long run. Is there ever a time when you've gone and You've gone with something that's good enough, even though it's not the right thing for a reason that isn't cost or skill related. Yeah, I do this all the time. Um, One area I would say that I do this is sacrificial fences or tall fences, things that I know I should do to make a cut a little more supported or make the cut result a little bit cleaner. So like a sacrificial fence on a miter gauge. Well, the best way to do it, if you have something like the Inker setup I have, is to drill the holes in the right place and get the hardware in there. Then you could slide it in and everything is great. Uh, But sometimes you don't feel like doing that work, right? So you just double stick tape a fence on there and call it done. So yeah, I do this all the time. Uh, The other thing is with jigs. A lot of times I don't have jigs that I use or reuse. Let's put it that way. So the tapering jig is a good example. Until this guy, every time, excuse me, Nicole. Every no, time, not Matt Corona. This <laughs> plate in his hair. Yeah. Every time I make uh, tapers, I just get a piece of plywood. I, you know, will tack down a couple of pieces as stops, uh, you know, just kind of make it for that project and throw it away when it's done. And I do that partially for content reasons because I want to make sure that people who don't have a fancy jig are able to make that cut. Now, this is going to put me in a hot spot now because I do have this jig and I'm going to use it. Um, but that's the reason why a lot of times I will do just a makeshift, uh, quick DIY sort of jig, get it done, and then throw it away when it's done. So, I got a question here from Jason Spenny. Do you finish every inch of a project or are there interior areas that you don't bother, like inside of a cabinet? Um, does this answer change for shop projects versus nice furniture? Yeah, shop projects, I very rarely finish the interiors. No reason to. I don't, I don't feel motivated enough to do that. <laughs> um, but I do finish the outsides. Uh, the you know regular furniture, yeah, everything gets t- touched with at least some finish. Um, I typically don't finish the underside of a table as well 
I mean, it still gets finish on it, but I may not put as many coats. Let's say if we're doing like a film finish, um, it doesn't need that many. Um, as long as it's smooth and looks good and is protected, it's fine. Um, insides of cabinets, same thing. You know, I don't really go nuts with it, but if it's a stain, I want that stain all throughout the interior. If it's just a clear coat, I want at least some finish that allows it to protect the surface and then allows me to smooth that surface. Because, I mean, I don't know, when I, when, if you're making like a, let's say a big armoire, and somebody's putting clothes inside on those shelves. And they, I just wouldn't ever want someone to put their hand in there and touch a back panel mm-hmm. and be like, ooh, that's yeah, really, rough. really rough. Yeah, why is that right. so rough? That's what Nicole would do. She'd be like, why is this so rough? And I'm like, you shouldn't be <laughs> looking at it. Don't that. look at it. It's not don't rough. Touch it. It's only rough if you touch it. <laughs> so I do like those to at least feel smooth, have at least one coat, if not a couple of coats, um, so that they're protected and smooth and looking good. Right. So yes, I do do that. But I do not finish to the full extent that I do on the exterior of a piece. Got a super chat here from T-Build. T-T-Build. T-T-Build. T-T. Oh, look at that. Oh, the cute little kitty cat. I like a kitty cat with a soul. <laughs> Haven't made it to live for a while. I was wondering if walnut furniture is safe for a pet. Google keeps giving me contradicting results and things about a pet eating walnut nuts. Well, unless your uh, furniture for the pet is going to be made out of walnut nuts, I think you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... Um, there. Look into it. I mean... Well, he is looking into it. That's why he's asking No, I'm just us. saying I can't. This is one of those things just like walnut cutting boards. Right. Um, a lot of times the, the the allergen and the things that are dangerous in walnut are a product of the nuts, right? Not the, the Not wood. necessarily the lumber. That said, it's the CYA sort of thing yeah. that I don't feel comfortable just saying, oh, build it out of walnut. Your pet is fine. And then you send me, you know, your vet bill. Um, what's, what's the deal? What's the animal chewing up the, the bed for? Mm. I, you know, I'll tell you what, Dougie as someone who's chew. had animals that, that chew furniture, yeah. there's no way in hell I would build something for a, a dog that Made is them. actively chewing stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would wait until it gets out of the chew face and then build something. Yeah. Because uh, at this stage, you know, three years old, Dougie's not they really make the chewing little, anything. What do they make the little baby teething rings out of? Pine? Maple. Maple. Yeah, maple. There you go. Make your dog bite out of maple. So, but still though, I mean, how... I just don't think there's that much risk from the walnut. And I also don't think that they're going to ingest enough, but mm-hmm. it's an animal. So who knows? I don't know what your situation is. Our dog is. ate drywall, like the middle of With the his bottom wall. Teeth. He, he just created a hole in the middle of the wall. It wasn't like he started from the bottom and went worked up. He just yeah. started in the middle. Well, and I know what people say about like, you don't want to put walnut uh, shavings like the walnut dust right. in gardens because right. it can kill plants. You don't want to put it in like animal bedding right. as loose shavings because that's supposed to be bad, like for horses and mm-hmm. things like that. So, I mean, there could be something to it. I don't want to uh, talk like I absolutely know what I'm talking about here. I want to make sure you understand clearly that I clearly am just making shit up. <laughs> I just said it asked Sorry. Sorry. If you have kids watching, my deepest apologies. Uh, let's see. I got another question here. I would just, I would just make it out of maple. Okay. Like if you really need to make something, just make it out of maple, uh, and let them chew the crap out of it. (laughs) I got another super chat here from search searcher. What's the best way uh, to store wood planes to avoid rust? Well, if they're made out of wood, they're not going to rust. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay. But the blade will. Nicole, don't ruin my joke. (laughs) Well, there are different ways you could do this. You could store them in a cabinet with like a desiccant bag. um, Those little bags of, um, you know, uh, schmutz pills that 
absorb the moisture. Okay, that's one way. If it's enclosed, it actually does a pretty good job. Uh, you should probably be coating your tools with a wax or an oil. There are oils like jojoba oil. That's like, I think it's J-O-B-A, jojoba oil. <laughs> so a light coat of oil on the plain body, on the, um, on the iron, that'll all kind of help resist rust. And I've never needed to do that. Um, I always seem to live in very dry places. So a little coat of wax is about all I need on my tools. Um, you know, we've talked about T9 Bow Shield for metal surfaces. Mm -hmm. You can use that on, um, especially the surfaces that don't really even contact the wood, like the sides um, and parts of the interior mm -hmm. here. Uh, you could certainly use that as a rust protectant. But <clears throat> most people, I think, who, who are doing a lot of hand tool work and happen to live in areas with higher humidity are using, you know, just a little rag with some jojoba oil and things like that, uh, just to keep that oil or keep the uh, surface protected from the moisture. So I forgot um, to mention uh -huh. uh, Woodworkers Finding Cancer yes. wrapped this week. And I've been, I've been trying to get it kind of sorted out. I haven't made my final tally because we still have to do our donation. Mm -hmm. But we hit our goal of $10,000. And I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that participated and sent in a desk. I'm in the process of counting all those and getting it all organized to publish it. So, yeah. um, in fact, we raised a total of $13,087. And again, that's not the final number. Mm -hmm. uh, we still have our donation to make. Right. Cool. So that's great. The auctions were great. It was awesome. Um, we do this every year. So if you missed it, uh, we'll do it again next year. We typically do it September, October timeframe. Um, depending on how crazy the year is. Yeah. This was a this, crazy year. This year was a little disjointed, but... And I usually, we usually do it for a month, but I just... I, I, and we also usually put it in a dedicated video. Dedicated video. Which didn't happen Yeah, this year. so it was a little different. I didn't want to skip it this year, but um, we were able to do it. So thank you to everybody that participated. Yeah, thank you. It was a great so. event. Hey, um, St. Jude. AJ Hearn has a question. Guild member discount for the Rubo build. Is it just from Benchcrafted or, um, okay, so I guess he wants to buy it potentially from another vendor. No, you only get a discount if you buy from Benchcrafted. We can't control yeah, we can't. other vendors who sell Benchcrafted stuff. So if you want, uh, if the, if you want the discount, you got to buy directly from Benchcrafted, which mm -hmm. I can see could be a problem in Canada. Let's see. I got a question here from Mike McMahon. Mike McMahone. He wants to know, does anyone know if Bell Force is doing a Black Friday sale again this year? Might get me to pull the trigger on the Rubo. Um, I know they do a sale every year, and it's usually a good sale. Mm -hmm. um, I will. I'll try to reach out to them. To, I would say yes, count on it. Uh, I don't know the details of it, but I typically try to gather all the different sales that are happening and put it into one. Um, somebody asked us if we were doing our Christmas sales and. And we are, again, simplifying this year just because it's just an overwhelming year. We're just doing a Thanksgiving weekend sale. Mm -hmm. That's it. A few days. So from Thursday to Monday, I think, will be the guild sale. Please don't crash our website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to happen. <laughs> so kind of expect that from us. Yeah. All right. You got more questions? Um, I got more questions. Evan says, don't worry about swearing. He says, I'm a teacher, and while my students think they're being sneaky about it, they swear all the time, <laughs> and quite creatively, oh, kids these days. Kids. Yeah, it's just a policy thing. I want to see Evan's, Evan's out there. 
What are you doing? Evan, put his shirt on, you hippie. At the beach? What are you doing, man? <laughs> Look at that guy. Got his hairy chest out. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's good, good you too. Do you, do you want me to show my hairy no, chest? No, 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 that's okay. Okay, no one wants to see uh, that. Apoopina, does the rule of one-third apply to round uh, dowel joinery as well, or is it, or is it used mainly in tenon joinery? I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> one-third. I don't know. You don't know? I guess. Is he talking about what one-third rule? I don't I, know. We were talking about router bits. I don't know. No, when, I meant, when I mentioned a third, is he talking about like a third? I, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> I need more context for this question. All right. Uh, yeah. Apo, let us know in the chat. And also, if it is in reference to what I said about the, the router bit, he just, this is what I'm talking about where the information can be misconstrued. If he just took my router bit recommendation of one third and now calls that the one third rule, mm. that's exactly what I don't want to happen because <laughs> that was not a rule. That was just a suggestion. A suggestion, a light suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, you know, I don't, uh, yeah, you want, you at least want, you know, a third of a dowel to go into the joint, certainly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there are cases where you may not be able to do that. You know, it might be too, too thin of a workpiece that it's going into. So it's, you know, going to be more, when we're talking about joinery, there's a lot more things to be concerned with than a simple third rule. He said a third rule. <laughs> yeah. One third rule. Well, I, don't, I, I don't know what things. that is of the thickness. Okay. Of the thickness of the total board. Maybe. And what was his original question then? Does the rule of one third, the one third oh. rule apply to well, round? The, yeah, I mean, the whole idea with the one third rule is to make sure that there's enough room on both sides, you know, of the, the mortise walls and the tenon, right? So breaking it into thirds is usually a round number that keeps everything secure and strong, mechanically strong. So if you are perforating that surface with dowels, you still want the, the, the diameter of that dowel to be about a third of the thickness of the workpiece. Um, any more than that, then you weaken the walls. Excuse me. It might be a little bit better with dowel joinery because you're probably going to have meat between each one of those holes. So maybe it's not as critical as on a tenon, but it's still just a good rule of thumb. Hmm. Okay. Thank do you, you for the clarification. <laughs> do you have any more um, Patreon stuff? Nope, I'm done. Uh, Shane Bronner, can you make a video of applying nope. Rubio to furniture? Didn't you already do this? <laughs> There's times where people make requests that make it's me done. feel like that make me feel like I'm just wasting my time, <laughs> and that I have failed in my quest. I hope he's joking. Are you joking? Or... That I failed in my quest to make people aware. Like there's some something there's a, a kink in the system. There's a barrier. That's preventing people from getting the info that I, I want them to get. Because there's a, we have a video called Rubio Monocoat for Furniture. How to apply Rubio Monocoat to furniture. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was published in March. Yeah. Well, March was weird. <clears throat> well, like this is, this is a me problem, Nicole. Yeah. No, I think it's a... It's a distribution. It's a distribution. Or problem. an algorithm problem. Let's put it that way. So yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to make that video. Nicole's going to send you the link right now. That's good service, right? <laughs> it could, But it could have been a joke. It, it might have been, been a joke. Just to get me to react mom, that way. Your mom just got in a chat. She it, said, uh, look, we're going to put her up on screen. Oh, sweet. <laughs> there's there's TWW mom. Yeah, mom got a book order. All right. Good job. Hey, guys, remember, that's uh, TWWstore.com if you want essential joinery or hybrid copy. woodworking signed copies. And we even have a bundle. You can get mm -hmm. both books. Keep my mom busy over there. She's got nothing to do, uh, especially with the tapering jig out today. <laughs> uh, he, this, 
virtual sniper. I know this is an after show, but I don't know. I don't know if he has access to the after show. He keeps talking about your T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, how can it be anybody but Boimler? Is who's that? He's like the main character, the the guy, the lower decks guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the the fun loving, uh, try hard sort of guy who, mm-hmm. who yeah, just loves Star Trek. If you're not sure what he's talking about, he's talking about the new <clears throat> Star Trek Lower Decks cartoon, which isn't for little kids. Yeah, as yeah, some of the episodes no. got a little, yeah. <laughs> you're I, like, I was like, ah, I shouldn't Mate- have had Mateo watch this. <laughs> it's good, though. It's a good show. <laughs> Adrian says, who is the book signed by? My mom and Dougie. <laughs> no, it's signed by him. It's signed by Mark. Um, can you do a video? I like this one. Thank you, William. <laughs> William says, can you do a video listing all the videos you've made? <laughs> ah, what is what that? Is that? It's like a f- oh, I thought it was a fly. No, it looks like, like a bug, it's but a it's little, a fuzz. It's a little piece of fuzz. Lighter than air fuzz. Uh, got a question here from uh, Paulo. He says, hi, a quick question and changing, <laughs> change of subject. What? You guys should do some type of live show. <laughs> Man, that, that, could you imagine? Yeah. Then we would really be failing yeah. at that. Yeah. Okay. My favorite is when we do our preview shows for the guild mm-hmm. and people come in and are like, this isn't live. Look at it. It's edited. It's like, okay, you got us. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, Paulo wants to change the subject. I keep looking at all those spokeshaves on the wall. Mm-hmm. How about showing them in detail and where to find them? Okay, well, you can find them right here on my wall. <laughs> you could also find these in particular... At uh, Lee Valley, yeah, these are. Uh, you know what Veritas I can do for brand. you, Paulo? We have an Amazon store, Amazon.com/shop/slash/TheWoodWhisper, and I can at least take a very close-up picture of different parts of the wall. You're not going to be able to find all of this on Amazon. You're not going to find any of this yeah. on Amazon. So that's Nicole. the problem with it. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Lee Valley. There's so a few things on here that they I can... make a beautiful spoke shave. Yeah. So uh, uh, I hope that shows you the detail you want to see. <laughs> this is all Lee Valley. They're all Lee Valley? Uh, the spokeshaves are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I only have two. Boom, baby. Kevin Windsor said, I got mine signed by Nicole because you asked. Normally, yeah. I, I mean, don't, if, if you guys ask for something. I didn't weird, put it in the work for the book. We've had the kids sign books <laughs> yeah. um, if, if people ask for it. Uh, Dougie, Barbecue live show. Maybe Dougie someday. would never sign it. He would chew it up. Mm-hmm. He put his muddy paw on it, though. Yeah. That's true. He's getting been. All right. What else we got? We got a question here. Oh no! I think I've got all my questions. I think I got it. That's it. Are we good? I think so. You want to finish up? Uh, is there anything? We could wrap up. Uh, well, it's one minute early. Well, we're, so. we were a little bit late. No, we're going. All right. All right. If oh, he wants. Tom wants to know when you're going to give guided tours of the shop. Uh, never. <laughs> you mean like in person tours? No. I mean, we do a shop tour. We do the shop That's tour. That's about as. Guided as you're probably going to get. Uh huh. So, are you going to do a new, new shop tour? Yes. Yeah. Probably. I'm going to wait though till 2021. Yeah. I just feel like it's a little rushed right now yeah. at the end of the year. So maybe the start of the year. You're going to take. Should we? Are we going to take December off? Yes. So we're taking December off. So yeah, I mean, we've only got what like four or five more shows yeah. before we take our break for mm-hmm. December. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's coming up. Mental health break. Matthew Boss. Says, how do you protect your phone, camera, electronics in the shop? You well, don't. I don't. I do my best to keep dust out of the air. Uh, we vacuum periodically. We blow dust off of things. I usually use compressed air at the end of the day on my phone. Just give it a little blast. Um, you know, 
if you're like me and you replace your gear a little more frequently than the average person, um, you know, by the time this thing gets packed with sawdust and becomes problematic, like my last phone, inside the selfie cam side, I had dust particles. Mm -hmm. And it was like, is it worth it to get that thing cracked open to clean it? Or should I just get the Didn't phone that's now... did you try to do that and you broke the I phone? I bricked my phone. And, <laughs> like, you know, because I found a YouTube video that showed me how to do it. It's <laughs> clearly easy and something I could do. Yeah. And I had to get a new phone. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't really, really go through much um, effort to protect my electronics. Yeah. You do. Not really. Which is why I have to replace them. Hey, I just wanted to say a thank you to Andrew Hume for signing up to be a new member. Hey, thank you, Andrew. There you go. Appreciate thank that. Thank you, Andrew. Um, <laughs> 360. Uh, last question I'll take here from... Um, you mentioned the floor moving. This is from Mark Hartel. Hart uh, the floor moving. Any updates on fixing it? Well, there is no fixing. No, it's um, just kind of... You patched it, right? Yeah, I mean, in Denver, you can, you can repair and you could... Um, you know, move the slabs and jack the slabs, or you can like gut the whole thing and re-pour. It's a very difficult thing, especially in this area. There are certain areas, um, you know, our neighborhood specifically and areas around here where the movement is just so significant that you just kind of have to deal with it and keep repairing as you go, right? And I don't know what the ultimate solution is and if there is one. Um, I don't know what to do about it. So Kevin, We've already had some slab jacking done. Yeah, Kevin Windsor has a good point. New people that join the guild aren't always aware of past content on the Wood Whisperer. I wonder if we could create something on the guild that says, here's a whole treasure trove of additional content. Yeah, but that seems backwards. That's, the but guild, it's true. The, the, no, it's fine, but it also goes the other way. You yeah. know, I mean, most of the people who find us are finding us through the free side of things. Mm. And then if, if we do our job, eventually they'll find out about the guild and go there. But I don't know how you, you know, how would you go to the guild and say, hey, everybody, we have a library on the free site. I could put it in as a newsletter blurb. <laughs> you can only do so I much. I just work here. You can only do so much. To force people to find the content you put out. Well, there. I don't. I'm not forcing. I'm just saying, hey, I, here's a, a, a light suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All well, right. Uh, there you go. We're gonna do hey, our after say, show. Yeah, we're gonna do the after show. But I want to say thank you to Preston who was in the chat trying to get uh, Showbot, which is how we kind of gather ideas for show titles. titles. Yeah. For Every show time titles. I finish the show, I'm like, you have an idea for a title? I don't. Okay, something with poop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it happens. So, so yeah. Thank you, Preston. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. We're going to go do the after show. If you are a YouTube member at that $5 level or a Patreon member at the $5-ish level, mm -hmm. um, you'll have a link that you can go to. Nicole usually puts that link where? Uh, in the community tab on YouTube. And it, it's just a post in, in uh Patreon. Okay. And that's our after show where we kind of go off topic and talk about all kinds of stuff. All right. What are we so, going to um, talk about today? I do not know. You used your good stuff. I used my video. You made me use that. So <laughs> have a great weekend, everybody, and we will see you later. Bye. Bye-bye.